American Toffee Podcast, your source for stateside views on Everton Football Club, hosted by Alex Johnson and James Boyman. Hello there, everybody. Welcome back to the American Toffee Podcast, aka the American Toffee Sadcast today. My name is James, joined as always by my co-host Alex. What up? And regular recurring guest, Ryan Williams. Ryan, how you doing this morning? Woo! Having a great time. That was awesome. We're all super peppy and awake after waking up at the crack of dawn to watch I'm, I'm Everton. I'm pretty fired up. I'm pretty fired up, actually. I'm Ryan not, I'm not is very energetic. Yeah. I, I usually am. Yeah, I, I have a lot to say. I'll try and keep it concise today. It's frustrating. Frustrating. Frustrating morning. Frustrating day as Everton fell 3-0 <clears throat> to Wolves at Molyneux. Pretty brutal performance. I don't know where to start. I guess it, it's kind of culmination of what we've seen since, I guess, the Merseyside Derby after the league restarted. And frankly, today I saw a lot of tired legs. I saw a lot of players who seem to not particularly care about how this season ends. And it makes it very disheartening to be an Everton fan in times like these when you look at a side like Wolves, who pretty much have come into the league and taken it by storm while we seem to continue to shoot ourselves in the foot week after week throw it over to ryan uh your initial takeaways well i, I get the formation change uh whether it's mirroring them or just to address um jimenez and and some of the other things that they do and the deal with the pressure um i'm very happy that andre was not playing in center mid of course however that means tom davies was but I just think it was probably a mistake. Carlos said himself that he didn't like to change the system or mess with it too much. And maybe he just got a little cute with it. Don't get me wrong. They didn't generate too terribly much until the penalty, which I disagreed with. I don't see how that can be a penalty. Um, you've got a player that's out of control, steps over the ball. The ball goes the other way. Dean goes the other way, you know, away from the ball and the goal. And the player seems to hit his foot into Dean's shins. Now is Dean going towards him? Yeah, but he's going towards a player who's going away from the goal and the ball. So I just disagree. I mean, some people thought it was a foul fine. I, I just don't. So that was pretty unfortunate. And I had a feeling the first goal was going to be the most important one against these guys. Um, but I, yeah, the first goal was it. And, and we generated very little. Um, and granted, we tried to play out of the back, but even when we started resorting to hoofball, uh, Dom looks tired. He doesn't seem like he's winning anything. Willie Ball, he's pretty good in the air. He's kind of a big thug and he did a good job doing it. Um, you know, he's kind of a blunt instrument. He's a decent player. He fits very well in their scheme, but, you know, he's a good kind of aerial guy. And so that was, you know, it wasn't good. Uh, so once that outlet kind of went, you know, you had some people in unfamiliar positions and we just couldn't build out of the back we wanted to. And, and I mean, Gordon again was the one that showed initiative early, but I just don't understand why you have a setup where you actually play with the 10 and you play Gordon there. Uh, I know we've played some of that in the past, but you could tell he, he's not, he's young. He's not that comfortable in that role, clearly, because he hasn't played it yet at top level. And he had his head down a lot when he would go by people, which is great and took initiative. And then he missed people. Awobi, I, I can't believe he even played. I thought he was hurt, but if you're going to play with a 10, geez, come on, man, give Alex a shot in that role. That's what I would have thought and move Gordon somewhere else where I thought he would be more effective. But, you know, setup didn't work. I mean, it wasn't that bad, but once we conceded the goal and we had to get expansive, then the injuries hit us. I mean, you cannot have high expectations when 
you're missing your top four center mid, defensive mids, Schneiderlin being sold, but the other three guys are hurt. And then your top two center backs go down. I mean, I'm sorry. I know Michael Keane's been really good since the break, but he's fine playing deep. And he was not good today either. Um, you know, that's what you get. It's uh, We shouldn't be entirely surprised. I mean, yeah, that many injuries. I mean, what can you do? And they, they were efficient enough. And, you know, we just couldn't come back from that. Yeah, I mean, read the lineup. I kind of liked it only because it was something different in watching Everton play the last two matches. I thought we were so flat, so unoriginal, so just blah, that I was open to the idea of something a little different. And, and I think we did look positive when we switched to like a three back line the last match, at least for a little bit of a stretch. That was probably our best stretch is when we first moved to it. Um, and it was cool to see Leighton Baines back on the pitch. I'll say that was a positive for me. It was nice to see him. Although then you think like Adama Traore is coming in any second and we're just done for. <laughs> but uh, yeah. although he gives Lucas Dean problems just as well. Um, but I think the the biggest takeaway really was, so as you said, and I think this was absolutely the turning point because we know we're not strong if we're trying to get a win from a losing position, especially, you know, if we take a sucker punch right before half, but then we come out and Branthwaite has to be subbed on and then he gives away a free kick within like the first 30 seconds or something, comes back on defense and then the man that he was guarding scores the second goal. And you think that's got to be a huge knock to his confidence for his first minute and a half of Premier League experience. Yeah, so you saw what I tweeted about that. I, he was playing in the fourth division, you know, literally in December. So people have to be realistic. This kid is a super talent. Trust me, I watched a bunch of matches. Um, but what do you expect? And this is when you cry, oh, play the kids, play the kids. Well, that's what happens when you play the kids. And he's training with the first team and everything. but. He was forced in. I mean, again, that's the situation we're at with with injuries. I mean, um, and you saw what happens. But that being said, I, I will say this. Uh, maybe I was a little too harsh in that his confidence would be shattered because he settled into the game a little bit. And, you know, he didn't look completely awful. But it's the same thing with Ellis Sims. I mean, I know people want them to play, um, but they might not be ready yet. And they have time. So, I mean, it's center forward. I mean, Moise Keane doesn't even get. And I, I, we subbed in a bunch of guys and then subbed Keen in 10 minutes later, which I found completely mind boggling as well. Very bizarre. Um, yeah. Yeah. But some guys need to break too. You know what I mean? That, that's, that's part of it. I mean, the games have been coming so fast in, uh, you know, Ryan, you're so right with, it seems like we get to this point in the season now, the last couple seasons and we're really kind of middling mid table and there's not a whole lot of hope. And so as a last cry for help Evertonians scream play the kids play the kids at least they might bring some some fire some passion some something new and there's a reason they don't and it's because the manager's watching them in training every day and he doesn't feel confident putting them in the match and yes they might be able to play with a bit more freedom but at the same time it's an entirely new level and I think Branthwaite summed that up perfectly with his quick error and you like you said Ryan he did settle in but you can't just play the kids and have their confidence completely obliterated by getting thrashed by grown men that are experienced at this level. That doesn't really benefit the side. You can print maybe slip one or two in there and, you know, Benny Beningami again on the bench and doesn't get into the match with our devoid midfield starts to beg some questions, but you have to trust Carlo. And if you trust the manager and he's not putting him in, then there's probably a good reason for it. You already have enough people playing out of position. Um, right. You know, I, I don't know if it, it's not, it's just not the best situation necessarily to put a young guy in. But again, you're right though. You also have to trust him in the fact that he, he knows 
or has learned enough about the mentality of the player that he can handle it. So, um, and Brantway seemed like he reacted okay. You know, he didn't seem to lack confidence when he was playing the ball. And I mean, he was like that in the fourth division, though. If you watch him, he was full of confidence. You know, he was inconsistent. His ball skills were not amazing. Sometimes they were. I mean, he had one goal there for them. It's unbelievable. I mean, he literally took it, beat everyone, and just hammered one home at center back. And you're like, what are you doing there, Beckenbach? But uh, yeah, I mean, he's 18. You know, people got to cut him a break. But I mean, the size and speed is there, though. I mean, you could see he could run. And, um, and you know, it wasn't it really. I mean, that goal, that's unfortunate. It was a great header. Um, I don't think Pickford could have done too much about it. But, uh, I, you know, do, do you want to talk about that situation? Because yeah, one thing that definitely. Pickford. One one thing that doesn't help you doesn't help you is when your goaltender is just conceding goals and making mistakes all over the place. And look, people can defend him all they want. England's number one and all that other crap. But the bottom line is, and people don't want me to cite stats, but I mean, a decent measure of a goalie is looking at the differential between what are the expected goals you should concede and what does he concede. And Pickford in that measure is the second worst in the league with Keppa only worse. And frankly, Keppa, as we know, is horrible. Yes. So that's, that, that, I mean, you just can't save anything. And so the other thing, he, how do you get beat near post on the third goal? I, I just yeah. don't understand that at all. His positioning is god awful. And it's a low shot too, which I thought he did pretty well in saving, saving low shots. Um, he almost gaffs one just from a technique standpoint, lets the ball get through him. I, I, I just, I don't get it. And, and the thing is, I don't know who would in their right mind would come for them. But if we're talking about going forward, if anyone shows up and offers, Anywhere near market value for that guy, you take it immediately if you need sales. He's just not that good. I don't know what to say. I mean, I, you know, the save percentage, too, is a stupid stat necessarily for goalies, but it is one. And I think he's second worst in the league in that, too. And it's been pretty good. I mean, he's never been great numerically, um, you know, other than kind of helping us stay up, I guess, a little bit in 17, 18, not helping us stay up, but actually playing okay. I, yeah, I, and I just have no faith in him back there. He's just laughing and giggling when he makes mistakes oh, and stuff. And, I mean, I can't guess his mentality, but he just seems completely nuts and the complete opposite of what you want. I mean, this is Carlo Ancelotti, for heaven's sakes. Do you really think he's going to put up with a goalkeeper that's that much of a nut job? I mean, he's defended him, but he's defended everyone. So um, I, I don't know. He just inspires no confidence. I said a couple a couple weeks ago, I feel like on the on the pod, that there was going to be a game, even if we were charging for Europe, and the choo-choo train is gone, James. I'm sorry. Uh, but I know it was dead last week too, but you know, again, if we use our secret weapons, Fabian Delph, we'd be fine. But, uh, anyway, the whole point is that like I knew he would at least have a game where he would completely botch it anyway. And I don't know if he's really had that, but I mean, the guy inspires no confidence whatsoever. But there's I, multiple I just, moments every game where he, where it feels like he, yeah. he very comes very close to botching it. You mentioned two already. And there was the third one where he comes out for a ball and it somehow oh. like bounces off his knee and gets loose. Don't even know how that's physically possible from where it's coming from. He doesn't, you're sitting in your chair, like gripping the, the arms paralyzed with fear every time the ball gets near him. And it's not an easy, easy play. And he's got to be a hard guy to play in front of too. So you're putting a young center back in there playing in front of that guy. It cannot inspire confidence. So, um, you know, kudos to Luca Dean though, who hung in there as kind of a left center back for a while. Um, He's versatile. I knew he'd be decent in the air. I, some people really thought Baines was playing there and Dean was playing the wing back. I mean, do people not? I, it's, <laughs> it's, no, I mean, no, of course not. Dean, no, Dean, Dean is, Dean can hang in that position in, in emergency duty and he did, he did okay and played hard today. But yeah, I, I mean, Pickford, dear Lord, I, I, I would snap someone's hand off if they offered us 25, 30 mil in, you know, immediately. You know, just, just about the part in which he's like fumbling the ball literally on the goal line and then sticks his tongue out and stuff, right? 
I think personally, when you're making a mistake like that, you actually like, I think you do have to laugh it off in a sense so that you just move forward mentally and then get ready for the next player, the next time the ball comes um, into the box and that sort of thing. However, I think a, the way he (laughs) did it was incorrect for the context, because if you're winning every game and then he just like, you know, we are three nil up and like bobbling the ball on the goal line and he still gets it like, okay, have a laugh about it. But like when we are putting in performances like we are every single week and he's not been good by any stretch, then he's just like sticking his tongue out, laughing it off. It's like, that's not the way to do it now. A little smile is fine. Yeah. yeah. What, what the hell was that? But it's almost like the political optics of it almost in some ways where like, <laughs> yeah. we're all, we're all so mad and furious. And then just to see him like grinning basically in our faces oh. after he almost concedes another goal, it's like rubbing <laughs> salt in the wound. It doesn't make us, it makes us feel almost insulted as fans. And maybe obviously he's probably not thinking about that in the moment. He is thinking, wow, that was very close. Good thing it didn't go in. Ha 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 ha. Let me ping one like three quarters of the way downfield out of bounds just to, you know, lighten the mood even more. But I don't know. I, I get the frustration with Pickford. I, rather than focus on his facial mannerisms, I'd more just be more concerned about the errors that seemingly increase or become more frequent every single game. He's not good at saving the ball. I don't know what else to say. Yes, you know, at this right. level, he's just you have one it's, job. It's really, I mean, I do think his distribution is has had improved. I think the last couple of games it's been atrocious. But and I don't want to sit there and keep picking out players that that I think deserve criticism. But and I saw the footage of Gilfie packing it in at the end. Although I thought he actually was one of the few bright spots, at least partially through the game. Even though we know he's a step slow, so I'm not going to hold that against him. He is what he is. But Tom Davies. I, guys, I just I said it last time because he basically gave up the goal where he walked and went all the way across the field on. I think it was off the corner. Um, Someone, please explain to me how on earth, you know, you're the last guy back. You're like looking around like you don't turn around and run with the guy. Even worse, right. the line he took to run back. At one point, I was like, okay, fine. He's going towards the goal a little bit so he can get in front of the guy and contain him and everything. Oh, no, no, no. He was doing that. And then he veered off to the left. Like, did he think he was just going to catch him from behind or something? He literally right. steered him towards the keeper. I mean, on, on earth, if my, if I had, a, if my 10 year old did that, I'd just be like, what are you doing, man? This is just fundamental defense. You go back towards the goal. It's just the fundamental concept of expansiveness and contractiveness. And he did it throughout the middle again, the whole game got bypassed. I mean, was not disciplined. Uh, it, it's horrible. You can't play him at, with any defensive responsibility at this point. And that one, granted, it's an unnatural position for him to be in. And maybe you got to ask the question, why on earth was he the last guy back? But it's that's that's like fundamental stuff, man. He just stares at the ball. He didn't jump in for, for the offsides, too, which is even funnier. Fine. And then he runs back and takes a completely wrong angle when you cannot do that. I, I don't see any option for him other than loaning him out to a side where he can play more forward and put some points on the board, maybe raise his value. I just at this age, that's some fundamental recognition stuff that you should have. And people say, well, you can teach defensive positioning. Can you teach defensive awareness? I mean, this is fundamental mm. stuff, just fundamental decision making. And as much as I love his front four nature, I like his progressive passing. He can create a little bit. I love that he'll stick a foot in. I think he works hard and all that other stuff. But ultimately, it comes down to it. Everton is not a halfway house for scousers. Like that, that's not how it is. And, and yes, we all want to see a local element of it because I think it, it brings out pride in the patch and gives people a sense of, of history and importance and magnitude in the club. But, you know, on the other hand, I sit there and I think, God, I know he's young and he can improve, but 
when there are fundamental things wrong with your game, how much of those things, like truly innate stuff, can you change? I, I don't know. I don't know. But, you know, again, he, he, he did not play well. I think you may be right. I, I don't I don't want that to be the case, but I think no, we I are either. getting I think we're getting to the point in which maybe we have to recognize that like Tom Davies is going to have to go out on loan regardless of what his like mid to long term future is. It could be it could be probably the best case scenario. But then, you know, in the same breath, I was also thinking to myself during the match because I was gripping for any sort of positive thought I could. And I was saying to myself, like, I'm actually really excited that we have Anthony Gordon now stepping up and actually showing some promise in a lot of these matches when, you know, even his teammates are just flat footed and have, you know, just meh attitudes about it. Well, you talk about and Ryan mentioned, like, can you teach defensive discipline? Well, look at our midfield today. We have Gordon, Sigurdsson and Davies, all of whom are much more attacking oriented players and any defensive midfield that we would have is either injured or now sold in Morgan Schneiderlin. Obviously talked about so many times how much we missed Adrissa Gay this season. It We just have no cohesive midfield that we can play that really complements each other in an effective way that would actually lend itself to us playing through the midfield and then creating attack forwards. It's like we so, either... So- yeah, and ahead, so we Brian. talked about this off the air, though. I mean, this is this is a good thing. So, so think about Wolves. I mean, they've they've had very few injuries all year. Take out their four top center mids. You know, they play with three more often than not. What does that look like for them? Seriously, let's let's have this exercise. It's kind of fun, right? You've got Matinho, you've got Neves, and Dendonker typically play together. Now, Sace can play there, I guess. Sace normally plays like kind of left center back, but he could do it. Connor Cody could do it. Okay, but then now you have a problem at center back. Right. So who do you bring in? I mean, Morgan Gibbs White was the one, basically. And yeah. he's played all of 126 minutes. So you're like, oh, oh, geez, maybe Podence could play in there. I, Podence is an attacking player. I mean, maybe he could play in there. But that's the same thing that we're dealing with, with Gilfie Sigurdsson and Tom Davies. So you start going down, you're like, oh, wow, they'd be in a lot of trouble if that was the case. Yeah, man, everyone would be in a lot of trouble if you took out their four best center mids. And say what you want about Andre, who I don't think can play in a two. He's number four, though. I mean, he at least has played the actual position of a defensive and central mid. Sigurdsson has played left wing and as a 10. You know, he's played played farther back in one tournament, basically, for Iceland, for a team that totally would pack it in. No, I get it. So think about that. Th- this is a team that, and here's another thing, too. And I'll say this. Guess what? Wolves have spent more than us last two years. They have. Both gross and net by a lot, actually. Mm-hmm. The mainstream media doesn't want you to hear that. No, I We're mean, it's, you the it's whole absurd. Hard facts. When people say, oh, they came from the championship. Do you realize that their championship, and I, I did this for uh, um, another, for some of the stuff I do outside uh, where we were writing up kind of what it takes to get promoted and things like that at a, for, for a lower level club we were presenting this for. And uh, Wolves' numbers, like no one that we saw in the entire history of that division has had salaries like they have that has had spend like they have. I mean, so people are like, well, yeah, it's a championship team. Well, kind of. Here's the other thing. Wolves' payroll is a third of ours. So people are saying, well, how could they spend this much and, and not be under financial fair play? Because they haven't blown money on guys and paid $100,000 a week to dudes that can't move. I mean, they're, they've been cautious and smart. So they've spent a lot, but their salaries aren't as much. And look, what has Brands done in the last window? Same thing, man. He dropped like $12 million a week 
from our payroll. And that's what's necessary. They are the model that we need to work to. Will we have greater buying power than them in the future? Absolutely. We absolutely will. And that's where hopefully our advantage will come through. But look, the last two years, their net spend is like $165 million, million pounds. Pardon me. Ours is a hundred. Their gross spend is more than us too. So, okay. We had a very bad team in 17, 18. They were bad. I don't care if we finished eighth or not. You saw how bad they were. Every peripheral stat, every other performance measure says it was a middle, middle table, if not bottom tier. So what, what did you expect here? A team like this is going to be better. And then they had no injuries. We've, I, I just, you have to be a little bit realistic sometimes. So I appreciate Carlos pragmatic approach here. And I know we're all complaining about the midfield, but it will look very, very different next year. Um, very, very different. And we have to have faith in that. And I think we will. Again, the, since Project Restart, I've been kind of just apathetic about everything. I knew that going into the Derby would be a tall task. We just, you have to take it within the context of what's going on in the team. We have a ridiculous amount of injuries. We know a lot of the squad will be moved on. We want, you want to care every single week. And this team just makes it very difficult, but you have to, you have to just know that there is a plan in place. It may not look like it or seem like it at times when we're getting thrashed three nil like we were today, but I still do have faith in brands and it's hard to over understate or overstate how far we were set back by the Steve Walsh era and the rampant misspending and wages and just atrocious recruitment. And it's going to take a while to dig ourselves out of that hole. And, and brands has done a good job of, of starting to right the ship, but it's not going to be an overnight success. Clearly it hasn't been. I still think we are trending in the right direction recruitment wise and with the long-term plan maybe the the performances on the pitch aren't trending that way right now but in my heart of hearts i still have faith that this is with ancelotti at the helm can be a successful project in i'll see you guys in in two to three to four to five years yeah i mean i I think next year will be better and i think two years from now it'll be a a more significant thing but again we don't know what the premier league's doing with financial fair play yet so that's actually important we know what uefa is doing I don't know if that really helps us. It provides some freedom this year, but you still have to make up for last. But again, another team we're supposedly chasing, even though some of our performance metrics are similar. Lester. So if you took James Madison, Yuri Tielemans, and Ndidi out of that lineup, and then took their fourth one, I don't even know who the heck it would be, maybe Denny Prayad or someone like that. Probably Chudhury, just because that he's he's the only other defensive mid, really, that I look at. And I'm like, good. <laughs> look at who they put in there. What, Matty James? <laughs> I don't even know if he's healthy. Mendy? I mean, are you kidding me? They would get absolutely slaughtered. And that's what we're dealing with. Even worse, then take out their two best center backs. I mean, I just I just think, look, that was frustrating today. But I'm not going to sit there and any logical person would not sit there and say, oh, it's more the same. This is how it's been forever. No, it hasn't. I mean, I'm sorry. You take out your top two players at center back, which we already knew we were thin there. And then you take out your top four center mids of any team. Would anyone in their right mind say, oh, this is how it's always been. This is exactly how it's been. It's so frustrating. We're terrible. I mean, seriously, do we think that is ever going to happen? Literally, our entire lifetime, we could go on and not have that situation. So let's be a little bit realistic here, folks. Just because we look like garbage today doesn't mean we're going to look like garbage in the future. It has to do with the circumstances we're in, and it's temporary. It's frustrating. I hate it, too, but that's life. And you know what? I'll tell you what. Maybe next year's year we actually get some good luck and people don't stay injured. Imagine what would happen if we actually outperform the table, our actual performance. That's going to happen eventually. We can't have bad luck forever, although I guess we had good luck in 17-18 by finishing eighth. 
But yeah, you got to be realistic sometimes. You know, it stinks. But I'm excited. I mean, I, I would like them to open up the window tomorrow. I think we all would. Uh, I would like to hear some guidance of the Premier League, what financial fair play, I mean, regulations technically is the right term for them, is going to be. Um, and hopefully we do give some guys the chance in some of the remaining games because the choo-choo is, is not leaving the station. Nope. Um no, and it is what it, what it is. But uh, yeah, so it's an audition to see some other guys. But I'll tell you what, I hope some of these guys aren't hurt, you know, for, for long term or anything. Um, you know, we'll see. I, I, I still think, I mean, you put two center mids in this team and a right back, and I think it's a massive difference. That's my opinion. I mean, massive. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's easy to lose perspective, uh, about the performance today. So I'm glad you brought up the fact that, you know, we're missing, right? Like four central midfielders, our best two center backs. Um, you know, so I think that that's a positive thing to end it on just, just simply because I honestly, I, I, I personally did not even think about it in that light. It's, it's annoying. I, I know James and I had agreed, like, we did not expect to come out of the match with even a point, to be honest. And that was before the match even started. I think it's just the most annoying thing is just the lack of really like effort or care. It seems that's all that I think that's just the most annoying thing for me. But, but o- overall, I think, I mean, we still have. A pretty decent squad with a couple additions. You know, we, we should be poised for a much better year next year for sure. We kind of need get a game healthy. like this, honestly. Yeah, get yeah. healthy, but I think we also need a game like this so Carlo and others have something to point to to say, man, you just dogged it. Like, if you want to get rid of Gilfie, as an example, and again, I, I don't think he was, his quality was okay today, frankly, because who else are we going to play in there? I mean, it, this is your example to say, look, man, you, you, you're not. You're not interested, you know, move him on. I mean, Carlo, I'm sitting there watching kind of what he said after the match. And one of the quotes is, uh, it's just not acceptable, you know, and I'd like to hear his entire commentary, but, um, in, in a way, God, I can't believe I'm trying to turn this into an optimistic twist, but I guess that's what I do. Uh, because I don't, that's believe what the show's jinxes. all about. I just don't believe in jinxes or any of that silliness, man. And trust me, I'm fans of other sports teams that I feel the same way about, but I just fight it. But this one. You know, I mean, this is the excuse to get these guys out of here. And there's still a handful that need to go. And that's good. You know, I hope a couple of them come back afterwards and say, yeah, I don't want to be here anymore. Good. Go. Leave. Please. Don't let the door hit your butt on the way out. Yeah, Yeah, exactly. Please. Don't go away, Matt. Just go away. (laughs) Be gone and never return. Right. Yes. Never. All right, folks. I think that's that's it. Be gone and never return is probably a good note to end the show on. Thanks for listening to the American Toffee Sadcast today, everybody. (laughs) We'll be with you guys next time. Until then, up the toffees. Thanks for tuning in to the American Toffee Podcast. Come join our Discord community at invite.gg slash ATP and follow us on Twitter and Facebook at USA Toffee Pod.